this morning, I want to focus on the word justice. But there's something about that word, isn't, isn't there? Right, Barbara? There's something about the word justice when it's brought up in church. Sometimes it turns people off. Is it because it sounds legalistic? Like Steve Imhoff is going to give us a lesson in justice? God forbid. Or moralistic? Or judgmental? Or is it merely the fact that we come to church to escape all that worldly, divisive stuff? We come to experience comfort, not challenge. We come to hear the good news of the gospel and not the bad news of this world. If you're like me, sometimes the, the words of the prophets Amos, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and even Jesus don't feel very good because they demand personal change they make us feel guilty. Because they demand social change, they make us feel overwhelmed. The words about justice are disturbing. If we preach them, some of us won't like them. If we preach them, maybe then we'll actually have to do them. But the alternative is worse. If we don't preach them, we are putting the good news, telling half-truths and sugarcoating our faith. Now, justice might feel alien to you in the church, but here's the statistic. It appears 83 times in the Old Testament. What wrote? and 34 times in the New Testament. The word justice in Hebrew language literally means rightness with God and rightness with one another. There are places in scripture where the word justice is not actually used, but where its reality is eloquently expressed. This morning's gospel is one of those places. Theologian Robert McAfee Brown has said that just as the Exodus story is the paradigm for all Hebrew scripture, so this passage from Luke is the paradigm for all of Christian scripture. Today, in this story, Jesus tells us what his purpose is, which the purpose of the church is as well. Now Luke places this story where it chronologically doesn't belong. He placed it at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, whereas both Mark and Matthew placed it where it actually happened, which was right before Jesus' death. Luke did this purposely in order to underline the importance of this event so that we will hear loudly what the Christian life is about. And let me tell you, we have our work cut out for us. So Jesus came home to Nazareth, 
and they were glad to see him. And they gave him the honor of reading scripture in worship. They were very pleased when Jesus chose to read words of promise from Isaiah. These were favorite words about the Messiah, about a time in the future when good news will be preached to the poor, when those in prison will be released, when the blind will be able to see, and when those who are oppressed will be set free. A time when the original justice of creation would actually be restored. Now, there are innuendos which tell us why Jesus chose these words from Isaiah to form the sermon. Now, the word here for poor means materially poor. When Matthew talks about the poor, he adds poor in spirit in order to take some of the economic edge off it. But Jesus is clear that God's work, word and love must be good news to the poor, those who are experiencing poverty, those who are other than us. The other phrase which Jesus quotes directly from Isaiah in, is the Messiah will come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's the, the term that I prefer. This is a religious concept rooted in history and <coughs> radical, radical in its political and social implications. The acceptable Lord of the, the acceptable year of the Lord refers to the Jubilee year described in detail in Leviticus. So you're probably all wondering, what is the Jubilee year? And maybe some of you want me to turn to Alec and ask him what the Jubilee year is, but I'm not going to do that. Thank you. This is what it is. God commands that each 50 years, the people are able, are to let the soil lie fallow. They are to forgive all debts, that means all material loans. They are to release all the slaves. And most radical of all, they are to redistribute the capital and land so that everyone has enough and so that no one has too much. This jubilee year, this radical reordering of reality is what the acceptable year of the Lord means. It is the good news that Isaiah says the Messiah will bring. By reading this scripture, Jesus told the world who he was and what he had come to do. Jesus announced that the words of the prophet had come true. Yes, he, Jesus of Nazareth, is the Messiah. And that the work of justice had begun. The Jubilee year is now. The good news for the poor is now. The redistributing of wealth is now. The release of the captives and the freedom of all oppressed is now. The mission of Jesus and of the church is the work of justice. This is a story about what it means to be in right relation with God, but also with each other. It's not a political story at all. But for us, 
living in 2019 in America, it has political implications. Think about it. Redistributing taxes in order to bring good news to the poor? Or how about rethinking our criminal justice system that emphasizes redemption rather than punishment? Freeing the oppressed? You know, like people who are LGBTQIA? Or people who are oppressed financially? Now, there are places where Jesus does or says things that reflect God's love, that he lays before us issues of justice. Think about that parable about the workers in the vineyard. You know the one where those who labored for eight hours are paid the same as the cripples and drunkards who work only one hour? I'm sure that's our favorite passage in the Bible. No? How about... Um, this one. Think about the woman caught in adultery, where the people want to stone her to death as the law required. Yes, we get our revenge, right? That seems to be very popular right now. Let's blame someone. Let's blame them. They wanted to stone her to death. That is until Jesus intervenes creating justice by saying the one without sin should cast the first stone. How are we doing on that? Badly. Badly. I ain't picking up no rocks. Good idea, Rex. <laughs> Now, I could go on pulling scripture lessons that seem to talk about forgiveness and compassion that have far-reaching implications for our world today. Stories about rightness with God and rightness among the people of God. Because they talk to us about justice. Whether it feels good or not, the Bible gives us a justice, Jesus, calling us to be justice church with justice defined as compassionate commitment to creating wholeness and abundance for all. We are called to be justice people, urging our systems to promote rightness with God and with each other. And this year we took a huge step towards justice. Was it right that we, this congregation of about 90 people with an average worship attendance of about 45, was it right for us to be occupying that much space on Frankfurt Avenue? Was it right for us to be paying most of your tithes to LG&E or to maintaining this brick structure? Or should we be focusing on our ministries of mercy and justice? Think about that. When Jesus finishes reading, he says, I am this word. I am good news to the poor. I 
and liberty for the oppressed. I am the justice of God. My words, my energies, my action, my life. Today, when we hear these words from Luke, we, as the body of Christ, are called to respond. We too must close our Bible and get to work. We must say, we are the liberty for the oppressed. We are the acceptable year of the Lord. We are the justice of God. Our words, our energies, our actions, our lives. And all of God's people. Amen.